So uh, what happened last year was uh, Josh Jen had their 20th birthday celebration. They, they turned 20 years old. 20 years since Andrew and Ems planted out of a church in PE into Tableview. They first, Josh Jen, they were four or five people in a lounge, and that's how it started. I joined the church within that first year. It was a group about the size that we are now in a hall in Tableview. And when we, a couple of us, we went up for the birthday bash. That night, the Lord woke me up and he just said, man, just think of the last 20 years. What have you learned? What weet ek nou, wat ek in my eerste 20 jaar van my leven geweet het. And I was blown away when I had to think about what God has taught me through amazing godly men and women in the last 20 years. And it is the year 2020. So my message this morning is 20 things I've learned in the last 20 years. So uh, as I begin, I think the thing that for me the most outstanding is to Andrew in the where everybody's born with a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. So that was for me, that was for my major. Because at the stage of my life when I got saved, I had it all. I had an awesome job. I had an awesome crowd of friends. I, had also, I was living the dream. I was an aerostess with South African Airways. I was traveling the world. I was living in a flat on the beachfront in Bloberg Strand. Life was absolutely bliss. It was bliss. But, but when Andrew said that, I realized that no matter what you, what you own, who your friends are, what job you have, there is a God-shaped hole that those things will never, ever, ever, ever fill, no matter how, many, how much of it you have. So it's only God fits into that hole. That was for me just a puzzle, but not... Um, number two was the awesome realization that the creator of the universe invites me to be his friend. I mean, that, that was just, I, grew, I didn't grow up in church. My parents weren't church going people. But I get to know, and then so I'm going to go and I get to know, and I get to know, and so that I finally my life for the king lived. And, and it was just this amazing realization that, the, that, that he wants to invite me to be his friend and show me exactly how much he loves me. It just blew me away. I heard a quote once that said, my friendship with God has ruined me for the ordinary. And that's exactly what happened. I was ruined for ordinary things. Absolutely ruined. So, and, and through that, through accepting God's love with me, me being reconciled with him, I could love other people and I could bring reconciliation this way because that's why we're here, to reconcile man to God and man to one another. So uh, that, was, that, was for my, that was for my amazing. The third thing that was quite hectic and I know that the world doesn't like to talk about is that sin leads to death. I've seen it. Uh, not always a physical death, a spiritual death, a financial death, a relational death, but sin leads to death. And, uh, and if you think back of people in your life that you know that didn't want to repent of a sin or that hard koppig was and they just carried on and on, what happened in the end of that road? But this is the end of the path. I want to read a quote. Ik heb de macht om quotes hier vandaag, mijn iPad. 
of my iPad. In this little book, uh, Ordering Your Private World through Gordon uh, MacDonald, he says, 20 years ago, that wasn't necessary either, but um, what has startled me as a Christian has been the constant awareness of new levels of sin that, that I had not spotted within myself before. So it is not net the day that I my heart for you, twenty years back, and I repented, and it was all, it was all done. It's you start there, and God reveals to you. I thought you really are, <laughs> if I can say it like that. But He reveals. I mean, when I got saved, Debbie, who's Stefan's wife, I hope she doesn't mind me sharing. I'm sure she won't. We got saved on the same night. And we actually moved in together. We were housemates. But Debs and myself were living in the world. We looked at each other. We said, how are we ever going to stop drinking? How are we ever going to stop smoking? How are we going to be able to do this? But those were baby sins. That was, that, that was small change. Eventually, God delivered both of Debs and myself from smoking. We were both delivered from, first on the parties, as I said, I was ruined for the ordinary. So parties didn't do it for me anymore. Um, but levels of sin after that. Jealousy, anger, whatever it is, there's always, we must constantly ask God to show us what's happening in our hearts. I heard a message early on in my Christian walk. It was actually on TV because as I say, I was an air hostess, so many weekends I couldn't be in church. And I was in America this one time on a Sunday and I said, oh Lord, I'm just going to flash the Christian channels, the God channels. And uh, this guy was preaching on, is it Jacob and Esau over the bourgeois? And the one sold his inheritance for the bowl of soup. You know the story. You know the story. Um, because he got so hungry. And this guy said, guys, in your Christian walk, I was a new Christian. It was in my first six months, I think. He said, never get too hungry. Never get too angry. And never get too tired. Spiritually and physically. Because you will sell your inheritance for a bowl of soup. And the enemy knows exactly what your soup is. So he knows exactly what the thing is to entice you. So make sure that you spiritually and physically don't get too hungry, too tired, too angry. Because you might give up your inheritance for a bowl of soup. I was saved a week. I was saved one week. And one of the deacon couples, it's Yako and Sharon. Sharon came up to me and she said, Mandy, watch out now. We, we were, that was surfers, that was young adults, that was all in our 20s, Balva, Russell and Jenny, shame. And, and, and she came up to me, so knowing what stage of my life I was in, she said two things. If you're a girl, watch out for a man that will take you away from the things of God. And if you're a guy, watch out for money and power. To take you away from the things of God. And because you don't put it to my chesave. And for the rest of my Christian walk, I felt like I walked around with open eyes. Open eyes. Guys would come up to me and say, Man, I can you like it? And then I see And look, I would, have missed, I would have missed out big time if I settled for anything less. I would have missed out big time. I just said, God, I'm not going to settle. God, I'm not going to settle. God, I'm not going to settle. God. And, and it was so dankbaar that iemand die vrijmoedigheid gehad het om het vir my te sê. So whoever he is, if you if you newly saved, if you've been saved for six months, I can unperceive for six years or sixty years, pasop for the wrong guy, the big amount of money or the big amount of power, 
because it'll, it, could, it could take you away from the things of God. It could be a blessing, but all I'm saying is check it with someone. Fourth thing, that I was called to serve like Jesus served. Let's face it, it's great to be served. I love going to a restaurant, ordering something off the menu, going for a mani, going for a pedi. But it's, you know, who doesn't like to be served? But we are actually also called to serve. And that, that broke something open for me. I also want to read another quote. Does it need my iPad? We can organize. This is from a little book, Cat Crackers, a parental guide to raising kids as agents of change. It just says that we're not here for ourselves. We're here to, to change the communities that we live in. And here he says, The pursuit of the in-depth knowledge of Scripture should be outweighed by the application thereof. There is a doing that we have to do. We can't know it and not do anything. There's a serving. There's a job to be done. Noch een? We find in Scripture that the early church didn't out-argue non-believers. They outlived them. So in what way do we live that convince people that we belong to Jesus? It's not an out-arguing. It's not not a mental thing, it's a doing thing, it's a serving thing. I was looking up quotes of Mother Teresa, but Mother Teresa, I mean, how many lepers have we watched, washed this week? Nah, I mean, that woman just served. But uh, I got this quote, serving in church is about seeing needs, helping to fill those needs, using my gifts given by God, and glorifying Him during the entire process. Guys, a lot of us rocked up today. Iemand het opgesluit. Iemand het die thee in die koffie uitgepak. Iemand het die kids church prepare. Iemand het die worship geoefen. Iemand het die worship goed uitgepak. Iemand het die preek voorbereid. Iemand het die... It's a serving so that we can come and celebrate together. That's... I think it's amazing. Okay. Ons is by vijf. Het ek myself getaam? Hoe laat het ek begin, Riri? Ek is okay. I'm not gonna go over half an hour. When I hit half an hour, maak so, so. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go over half an hour. Number five. We all have a gift. That was Stefan's preach last week. We all have a gift. I'm so excited because Stefan says this week, uh, this year in the home groups, we're gonna be doing, um, it is, ons gaan prakties. Met, dis a boekie wat hy het, dis a hele manual. We're gonna figure out what our spiritual gifts are. And how we can bring that to the table to further God's kingdom and glorify the king. So I'm excited about that year, this year. Figuring out what your spiritual gift is and how we're going to add that to this mix to make it something awesome. So watch out for that. So part of that was everybody has a gift. So the altijd vraag for yourself, na je gered geraak het, who am I? Who am I and what can I bring? Who am I? What can I bring? And can I tell you what, baie keer reveal die Heere dit vir jou, maar baie keer kom het van Christians wat om jou is. Simon, allemaal van ons weet, Dis van mense wat om jou is, wat lief is vir jou, wat vir jou sê, here's your strength, here's your weakness, this is what you're good at. It's the Christians around you that, that highlight those things in your life. Hang, ar- hang around Christian godly people. Number six, worship. 
worship. This little book, Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster. Awesome. It's about the, all the disciplines. Fasting, prayer, meditation, solitude. And basically he says discipline is doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done. But he says on worship, on worship he says this. To worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God. To feed the mind with the truth of God. To purge the imagination by the beauty of God. To open the heart to the love of God. And to devote the will to the purpose of God. To worship is to experience reality, to touch life. It's to know, to feel to experience the resurrected Christ in the midst of the gathering, gathered community. I mean, guys, worship, worship just it touches the heart of God and it touches your heart at the same time. Number seven, prayer and fasting. And I have to be honest, I, haven't, I don't know who in our congregation have mastered the art of fasting. Is there iemand wat, is there iemand wat rechtig goed is and that God has broken through? In the area of fasting. Harriet, yeah? I can so keep. But I feel like we're missing out. I feel like we're really missing out. But I, I have to be honest. I've tried it once or twice. Not a, not a happy girl. But, but I, I, I think we must push through. It's this discipline of prayer. You ask and do not receive because you, because you ask wrongly. To spend it on your own passions. Out of James 4. To ask rightly involves transformed passions. In prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him, to desire the things he desires, to love the things he loves, to will the things he wills. And progressively, we are taught to see things from his point of view. They also go on to say that prayer, if you do it well, so if we're doing prayer well, it's more of a listening act than a talking act. But prayer changes the world. I think if we, if we realize the power of prayer, like Jurgens in Segiele altijd say, it's a powerful, powerful tool that can change the world forever. Prayer and fasting. Done. Number eight. Maite Ofei, that planted this church in Oatsorn, he now leads the Bible College in Wellington. ordering your private world book, Unbefeel. And ek het hier omgewerk, and what it says is, your external world, ons moet eet, ons moet antrek, ons moet werk, ons kinders moet school te gaan, it demands so much of our attention, and it's the part of us that everybody can see. So, ons gee meer aandag aan die external, because the internal's hidden. But the internal is actually the place that's going to feed us, that's going to drive us, that's going to keep us. It's an internal garden. But let's say you have to spend time every day with a master doing gardening. Ons trek weeds uit, ons plant nieuwe saaikies, ons kyk at alles vruchte dra. It's an internal world that Christians today, we lack in giving it any time. And because it's so noisy, he goes on to say in this book, it's so loud, and God speaks 
in the quiet. You need quiet to hear him, to see what's going on. Maar ons is so gejaag, dat die mens het nie altyd, altyd, altyd raak sien nie. Ek wil net gauw hier kyk. Then I thought we can try something. Um, soos ek sê, vir my is quiet, ook as the music must play, there must be people around, it moet lekker gaan. Maar as it still rock, then you see things for what it really is. So we're going to do it a little test. It's a 30 seconds of quiet. And see if you can catch a glimpse, just a glimpse of the state that your garden is in at the moment. It's a 30 second glimpse. Not of your, nothing external. Nothing external. It's only an internal glimpse of what your garden look like, looks like. The 30 seconds will start now. And that's it. So if that was 30 seconds, imagine you do that for half an hour every day. Imagine you can do that for 10 minutes every day. Just quiet. Um, I want to read. Ah, mense. Hanek's hulle iPad moet kry met lekker groot skrif. Old school. Out of this book, Ordering Your Private World. There must be a quiet place where all is in order. A place from which comes the energy that overcomes turbulence and is not intimidated by it. It's a quiet place. Noch a sticky. The fact of the matter is that when we are disorganized in our control of time, we just don't like ourselves, our jobs, or much else about our world. This terrible habit pattern of disorganization must be broken, or our private worlds will fall quickly into total disorder. We must resolve to seize control of our time. It belongs to us. The 24 hours in a day belongs to you. Jy kan besluit waarvoor jy ja sê, jy kan besluit waarvoor jy nee sê, jy kan besluit wat jy prioritiseer. Last one. It's a quote from Thomas Kelly. We find honestly the pull of many obligations and try to fulfill them all. And we are unhappy, uneasy, strained, oppressed, and fearful. And fearful we shall be shallow. We have hints that there is a way of life vastly richer and deeper than all this hurried existence. A life of unhurried serenity and peace and power. If only we could slip over into the center. We have seen and known some people who have found this deep center of living. Where the fretful calls of life are integrated. Where no, as well as yes, can be said with confidence. So it's about saying yes and saying no to the things that you prioritize. Number nine. 
Funny enough, before I got saved, I was never a judgmental person. Ik was pelle met allemaal. Law school, work school, no school. I love people no matter what you looked like, who you were, what your history was. I loved everybody. I love people. Then I got saved and I, and I started being judgmental. Now, how does that work? I mean, God is a God of love. He just accepted me unconditionally, warts and all. And now rock ek judgmental. Ek het gesikkel met dit. Want ek het gedink, God, ja, what's going on? But I realized it's because I, I saw the light. I heard the truth. And ek was so bang iemand vat dit van my. Verstaan jy? It's, 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 it's black versus white. En, en ek wou dit nie verloor nie. So ek het amper myself onttrek, maar ek het besef, I'm not loving people in the process. I'm not, I had to ask God, om, om, that what I believe, that what I know is right and wrong, to settle that in my heart, and give me the freedom to love people who aren't necessarily in that place yet. And that brings freedom. Because now I can look at someone, and I know, and I can speak the truth in love, but if there's no love, nobody's going to turn to him. If, you, if you're not doing whatever you're doing in love, reaching out to whoever, if there's not love involved, nothing's going to happen. But that, that was a tricky one for me. Um, Andrew always says, you need to build a bridge. As ek in LZ een verhouding het, en ek sien LZ begin die pad bij te raak, as ons verhouding sterk is, dis die brug, dan kan die brug die weight vat. But if you don't have that bridge with someone, you can't bring the weighty message or whatever it is that you want them to hear. So build a bridge of love with people around you, family and friends, so that when the day comes, when there is advice, even if the advice is to come my way, that we can hear it because it's built on a bridge of love. Kan amal weer. Is ons okay? Liefie, hoe lang gaan ek nou al? Is ek okay? Because it's only number 10. Number 10. Accountability. We can't see our own blind spots. I can't see my own blind spots. You can't see your own blind spots. You need godly people around you to say, Kijkie, kijkie, pasopie, pasopie. It's happened to me. This is lekker om te worry. This is lekker om te worry. But it's so helpful. Mensen moet sal in my leven vir my sê, hier is een area wat jy sal moet pasop, of aan moet werk, or this area is not honoring God in the way you do it. It's so helpful. And some of the area of authority. I've seen men and women live under authority. And the under authority of the king, they take authority and submission one to another. It's a beautiful thing when people can live under authority. When I was newly married, before we had kids. And I think it was a harder thing. I don't know, Liffy. I can see Sikari. But I'm Kairos by Olga Mornay. Tell van ons, dan sit hier die grap is dirk, iets sê, dan sê ek, jy sê nie my nie. Riri, dit is naaks, jy sê nie my, nou sit hulle sê ding, as iemand iets sê, dan sê ons, jy sê nie my nie. But guys, that's, it's a problem. It's a, it's a rebellion spirit. Een wat sê, jy sê nie my nie. En ek weet, man is sikkel ook met dit. I mean, I had a brother, he passed away a couple of years ago, wasn't, wasn't saved. But Mensa, he couldn't do authority at all. He did lead a company in South Africa, but his big boss was in uh, Germany. And the big boss would phone, they shared this at his, at his funeral, so that's why I could share it here. Then his big boss would phone and say, Warren, and he'd say, yes. He said, I'm sorry, are you on the golf course? Warren would say, yes, I'll phone you back later. Now, if you've got your big boss there, 
Then, uh, don't you have a problem with authority? She assumed your boss, but I'm sorry, Warren, I'll phone you back later. So uh, we have to come to a place where we can submit. But iemand in your life can inpraat, because all of us have someone over us. And if you're top of the, top of the class, then it's God above you anyway. So allemaal van ons, ons kan net so wel, sooner than later dit uitsoort. Die vriendin, Olda van my, sy het so mooi dier haar Christian walk, geleer, submission onder haar man. En sy het al vir my gesê, man, and he's not always right. It's not always easy, because he's not necessarily right, and she knows it. But before God, she knows she wants to honor God, and she submits. And she says, you won't believe it's such a safe place. Even though she doesn't agree with what he's doing or saying or the choices that he's made. She says it's a safe place. Authority. What is her story? Is it a kind in the class where the wife of Emma says, sit. And I can sit and I say, I'm sitting down, but in my heart I'm standing up. Where's the way? Where's the way? You say any, meine. Frank Sinatra's song I did it my way is not necessarily the theme song to heaven but um, oh Frank yeah, I love Frank Sinatra's music so I'm not going to diss that now number 11 I've learned that it's not what I do but why I do it it's not what I do it's not I'm rocking up to church today I'm leading community why am I why am I here today why am I praying tomorrow morning why am I Put the why in what you're doing and see what, what answer you get. A friend of mine has got so bored and frustrated with their home group. They're in Cape Town. And I had to say to her, you've lost focus of why you're doing it. Who you're doing it for. It's just become another thing. Usually over the December holidays when we're at the beach, I take time to ask God, it's a blank canvas for the next year. What are we going to do? What are we doing this year? Lord, what am I doing? Am I being involved in school, in church? What am I doing on the farm? Just tell me what, what are my priorities this year? And he said, man, it's not so much what you're doing, it's who you're going to be. I said, that's a way more difficult question. Rather, rather give me the what am I doing? Who are you going to be? Who am I going to be? I'll get you that later. Number 12. I learned that there's a thing as boundaries because people will try and manipulate you and manipulation is a strong thing. So yes and no, you can say both. Um, and it's better to be obedient to him than to sacrifice because we keep thinking we must sacrifice, sacrifice, be everywhere, do everything. But have we heard from him? Are we being obedient? 13. Our purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Sounds so easy. Our purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And in the light of eternity, does it really matter? Whatever you're doing today, tomorrow, spending your time on, in the light of eternity, does it really matter? Number 14. If it's costing you your peace, it's too expensive. If you lost your peace because of fear, unforgiveness, irritation, of ondankbaarheid, as jy jou vrede verloor het, then whatever it's costing you, whatever it's too expensive. 
So, so dit uit voor die heren, as jy nie vrede het nie, vraag vir hom, wat is die goed wel aan jy vasthou, wat jy moet uitzorg, dat die vrede kan kom? With thanksgiving and praise, we enter his courts. Work it out with your home group leader, with a friend, a Christian friend. Point 15 on the home group leader and the Christian friends. Are they perfect? For sure not. For sure not. Are we going to disappoint one another? Yes. Stefan and Debbie will disappoint you. You will disappoint them. I will disappoint you. You will disappoint me. If we get out there, out the way, dan weet ons dit. Because none of us are perfect. Amal van ons praat aan een liefdestaal. Amal van ons is aan een boom. Amal van ons is aan een area in ons Christian walk. We, we're going to disappoint one another. Maar dis ook om ons moet uitfigur, why are we here and who are we doing it for? And then we commit and we carry on. Because commitment is ook maar een shaky thing, deestal. Commitment krij jy nie om elke hoek en draai nie. Through sick and thin, I commit. Even though I know you're not perfect. We, we're all just walking each other home. I love that thing. We're all just walking each other home. You bump your toe on the way, the in fall, the in lach, the in sing and dance. We're all just walking each other home. And one of my best quotes, and I think I use it every time I share, is about the guy that was in prison. And he got out. He got saved in prison. He was a bad man. And um, got out. And his friends found out that he got saved. And they said, you, a Christian, not de vil. And he said, do you know what? I ain't what I ought to be, but I sure ain't what I used to be. So there's growth, there's change. Number 16, the spiritual growth. It's like physical growth. We get saved, we get baptized, we get filled with the spirit. We get, we, our gifts get activated. It's like this journey that we go on. There must be a growing on the inside as well as the outside. Stefan gave me a book, I think two years ago. It's called Unleashed. I don't have it here. Unleashed. And the only sentence I remember out of this whole book, it was a great book, this guy said, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? Spiritually, for God, in the kingdom, in this life, what would you do if you knew you could not fail. That must be your dream. Do you even know? I'd want every child in the world to be safe. I'd want to be able to preach to thousands of people and let them, let them get, see them get saved. What is the thing that keeps you up at night? When it's not the half of all of us. Iemand het iets vir skinners, iemand het iets vir groot mense, iemand het iets vir ouwe mense, iemand het iets vir siek mense, iemand het iets vir the gospel, for the prophetic, for the... Can you think of something? It's too much. You'll have to make a list. We'll give him another 30 seconds. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Okay, number 17. I've learned in the last 20 years the awesome, awesome, awesome aspect of working in team. Because as we know, we're not, not one of us are perfect. We all have a different gift. It's like the perfect rugby team. It's like the perfect netball team. Team, and I've always been a team player, so for me it wasn't difficult. I realize for some people it is hard. But can I tell you, to do it in team, so much better. It's, it's God's way. I remember the first night 
that I came to a Drosjean service. And, and the people went up to the front and they were worshipping. Nicky Fenter, a friend of mine who was always unsaved, the naughtiest bloke in the block. He was right in the front, worshipping with his hands in the air. God is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It felt like I joined a fan club. You know, you know you love God, but you didn't know there was a club you can join. It's like a fan club. It's, it's, it's awesome. Have fun while you're doing it. Number 18. You can tell a tree by its fruit. Andrew always says, don't listen at what comes out of someone's mouth. Loer net hier oor die skouwer. As ber nou hier oor my skouwer loer. Ek kan nie staan en vir half hier sê net wat ek wil. But what lies behind you in the road? Daar waar jy al geloop het en beweeg het en gedoen het, wat lee jy achter jou? What are the fruits wat jy al geloos het achter jou? You tell a tree by its fruit. Because the enemy, hy kan nie vrug produce nie. There's no fruit. Only God can produce fruit. I had to learn that there's something, there's a difference between character and personality. I was always drawn to personality. Want ek is a palmboom, so daar wat het lekker gaan, daar is het lekker. But character, this is honor. Character. God's more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. Number 19. Is ek nog om my half hier, liefie? Dirk sê is reg. Joey? Is ek nog reg? Okay. Number 19. Does it line up with God's word? I've seen a group of men, these guys that lead this family. Lots of Christian families in the world. Lots of Christian. But the men that I've seen this lead this family, they get together, they study, they ask, they pray, they talk it out, they figure it out because they want to bring a balanced view of the word. David Pawson in Unlocking the Bible, they invited him once. And this man has got so much wisdom because there's a balance. If you in a group, in a Christian family, that only concentrate on two or three or four of the aspects, it's going to hit the ceiling. There must be a balance Dis die heel tyd, is swinging, dis soos a pizza wat in acht dele gesnui is. Elke deel moet aandag kry. Elke deel moet aandag kry. En ons baie dele. And some of us are going to be more drawn, the mercy, looking after people, or the worship, or the reading of the word, or the prayer. That's fine, but the whole sphere needs to get attention for it to be healthy. That's why I can stand here today and think 20 years ago, I got saved in a hall this size. And now, there's 26 congregations. Is it 412? Josh Jean congregations. Josh Jean congregations. 26 thousands of people loving God because the leaders did it God's way. We, ons kon in a lounge gesit het vir 20 jaar. 10 van ons het nooit gegroeid nie. 26 congregations. Because no matter what the cost, the leaders said, God, we're going to do it your way, not our way. How many 412 congregations? 160? Congregations all over the world that have relationship with one another, they want to do it God's way. Deception's an ugly thing, eh? Deception's an ugly thing. A good friend of mine in Cape Town, the enemy tried to deceive her a couple of years ago. She says, Mandy, you won't believe how easy it is. She was a, she was a strong Christian, many years. He, he deceived her like this, but she got too hungry. She got too, not angry, a little bit angry. She got too hungry, she got too angry, and she definitely got too tired. And in that weak spot, he grabbed her. Luckily, she came out of that thing. But I tell you, the deception's like this. 
can happen to anybody at any time if we're not wakey-wakey. Cover yourself with godly people. So number 20. Number 20. Um, ik wil net gauw kijk. 1, 2, 20. Johan het die boek aan ons um, aan beveel. John Bevere's Drawing Near. Hanne, ik denk het was jij. Um, I just want to read something out of this book. And then we're going to close. It is God's presence that separates us from all others on the face of the earth. It's not that we confess Christianity or attend Bible-believing churches or are nice people who once prayed the sinner's prayer with a friend or in response to an altar call. It is His very presence that distinguishes us and makes us holy. His presence is what makes this evident to those who dwell on earth. Psalm 16, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So number 20 is my favorite one. Number 20 is for the last 20 years, I've seen a group of people do whatever they have to do, count the costs, sacrifice whatever, to find and to carry and to keep the presence of God in their lives, personally and corporately. It's been the most beautiful, beautiful thing to witness. It doesn't come cheap. It doesn't come easy. But it's so worth it because it's the thing that distinguishes us from everybody else, no matter what everybody's saying. Years ago, Josh Jean, when we were one congregation, we were part of New Covenant Ministries. And every year in September, there used to be a big conference, 5,000 people, tickets, only 5,000, first 5,000 to buy tickets could go. And there was a big conference. And church leaders all over the country came and preached. And this one year, Jody stayed with Chris Marie. Nico was in my stomach. We went to Bloom. And, and this one guy said, can I have that one picture up, Weezy? The first one, the bonza. He said, guys, what we do is, look at that beautiful thing. It's an oak tree. Bonza oak tree. It's absolutely stunning. This guy said at Bloom, what we do is, we cut God to a certain size that suits us. We cut him. It still looks like God, but we cut him. And we put him in our, in our kitchen windowsill at home. And he fits into our sphere. He paid pas mooi en jou leven in. You cut him to what you want him to be. And then you worship him there, if you can call it worship. But God was never meant to be a bonsai sitting in your kitchen window. You can show me the next one, Wiese. Thanks. God was meant to be an oak tree that you would never see the end of. You would never, ever, ever, no matter how many days you look, see the end of him. And that's what you must worship. Not the picture that you've made him to be, but what he really is, which is, which is there is no end. There is no end. So carrying the presence. 
there's a, a 90s quote, image is nothing. Thirst is everything. What you hunger for and what you thirst for will be the thing that fills you. If you're hungry for whatever, fill in the blank, then that's the thing that's going to fill you up. But if you're hungry for God, if you're thirsty for the things of God, then that will be the only thing that fills you up. Louise, can we have that video clip? This is the image that goes with that quote. Now, now that's a dog drinking water. But, but that, that's what we must be like with God. It's not three sips. Ah, come on. Oh. That's what we must do. We, uh, uh, I can not Genoeg krijg nie. Dankie, Louis. Ek kan net nie genoeg krijg nie. Okay, so in closing. In closing. On Thursday, when it was so very, very, very hot, I was in Kleinbrak at the beach, spending time with the Lord. I said, God, you know, I've, I've got a 30-minute slot on Sunday. You know that. If you could say anything in the 30 minutes... What, what, what would you want to say? And I just felt him say, man, I just want to reveal myself. I don't want to say anything. And I said, God, but I don't know how to do that. I can't come stand here in the beginning of the 30 minutes and say, God says he wants to reveal myself for 30 minutes. I said, I have to say something. <laughs> but God's heart is for us to know him. God's heart is for us to see all the different aspects of him. And then I also realized, it's not what I'm doing this year, it's who I'm being. And who I'm being is I'm going to be a daughter of the king. And I want to carry his presence wherever I go, no matter what. And I want to ask you to help me. Because if I'm stepping out of line, or if I'm doing something that's going to cost me his presence, I want you to say something to me. So now, I want to take one minute. We had 30 seconds earlier. One minute before we go into worship. Just to say, God, reveal yourself to me, to whoever you are, in whatever you need right now, today. Because he meets us all in a different way. And if you get a word or a scripture or a song, Bad leading the meeting this morning, bounce it off him if you want to share Please share, because remember the picture that you get is not necessarily only for you, it's for all of us. So if you hold back, we all miss out. If you hold back, we all miss out. So bring it to bear if you get something in the worship, but we're going to take one minute. I wish I could give him 30. I didn't have the faith to give him 30. It's, is that sinful? We're going to take one minute. And then William and them are going to lead us into worship. And you're going to ask God to reveal himself to you because that's going to be the thing that's going to be your strength for the rest of the year. Thank you.